we need to do more to help each other but also to help the youth and show them kind of these positive representations show them these positive stories and help them navigate the difficulties of life so that they can also become a success story hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the i am a boss podcast Today, I'm very excited because I am joined by Rochelle. Rochelle, I think rather than me giving you an introduction, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners? Sure. Uh, my name is Rochelle. Um, I'm from Northampton. I'm currently a teacher. Um, so I teach sociology, psychology, uh, religious studies. And next year, I'll be teaching criminology. Um, so I studied sociology um, at university. I've always taken an interest in um, black politics and black social movements. And I've been an activist um, for about five years in politics and uh, grassroots, grassroots movements. Okay, interesting. Welcome to the show, Rochelle, and thank you very much for coming on. So tell us a little bit about the politics and the activists, because I have actually seen a lot of that. You know, used to do a lot of the um, campaigns, is it for the Labour Party and things like that? I got involved in politics. Um, I've always been interested in politics, but I started to become active at university. Um, so I got involved with the Labour Party, and I used to work for the Labour Party um, running campaigns. So I worked on the general election campaigns, um, on the Brexit campaigns, um, and then I started to get involved with activism to do with education. So I've worked with some projects um, in Nottingham, that is my university city, um, that try to help students, disadvantaged students, that didn't always get the opportunities to try to help them in bridging the gap towards kind of school and university mm. and um, we've got some um, volunteers at some centres that help particularly ethnic minority children in dealing with struggles of kind of the area in Rottenham there's some rough areas and they don't always get the best job from school so they used to run we used to run after school programmes to help um, these kids just to have a safe space and to like think of somewhere where they're safe and where they can achieve um, with their studies and just to give them support, really. What are some of the things that you found out or that you took from that experience? One of the key things, really, is just to give them a, it was to give them a space just to be heard. Um, so a lot of them faced kind of issues at school, um, with other being excluded, but didn't feel like they could um, talk to their teachers, etc. So um, the, the community space was just a space for them to just come. It was a space we did we did structured lessons, so we did maths and uh, science and English lessons with them. Um, we helped them with the homework, but we also did mentoring sessions. So we'd sit down with them. We just talked to them about what's going on at school, what's going on at home. A lot of them had static home lives as well, and some of them were involved in kind of um, gang behaviour and they were getting groomed because of their age. Mm. Mm. Um, of the race, uh, so it was a space really just to focus them, talk to them, mentor them. We did a lot of kind of positive mentoring schemes, just to try to offer them like a safe space where they could really explore themselves in a in a positive environment. Um, because they didn't always get that at home, and they didn't feel like they were um, supported at school as much as they should have been. Wow, that sounds like such a rewarding uh, role in itself. Um, now, I'm a little bit interested, you know, in terms of the demographic of the people that you used to like, work with. Were they mainly young people and were they, which kind of ethnic background did they come from? They were mainly um, people, young people. So we 
I worked with the secondary programme as a primary programme, but I worked with the secondary, so we offered it from year uh, 7 to year 13, and the centre would be open after school, so they could come to school, um, come after school from, yeah, as soon as school finished until uh, 6 o'clock, sometimes would be open later. So the demographic was, um, it was just about students, so they had to be working class because they had to be in recipient of something called pupil premium funding. Um, mm. So pupil premium is funding that you get if your parents don't meet a certain threshold. So uh, that's kind of the, the barrier that the government uses to uh, measure kind of children's social class. Uh, so it was children that would be classified as working class. So there was a high proportion of kind of... Uh, working class uh, black students, um, Pakistani students, um, Bangladeshi students and some white working class students as well. Mm -hmm. I just want to touch on a little bit about, you know, the, the, the black students or peoples that you used to work with um, because you know this platform is about you know empowering black people and trying to raise awareness of some of the issues and struggles um, that we face. What, are, what would you say were some of like the common themes or trends that you found with some of the black peoples that you, you worked with? So I think one of the main common issues was not feeling supported by teachers mm. and um, feeling like they were picked on, um, like they were discriminated against and they weren't listened to or supported by the teachers as some of the other, um, like their white um, counterparts were. So they often talked about um, their teachers having kind of lower expectations of them, um, not taking them seriously and not just really being a great teacher where you should support everyone and you should feel you should feel safe at school shouldn't you as a student so um yeah a lot of the a lot of the students didn't feel like they were fully supported by their schools and they didn't feel like they could approach their teachers and they felt that their teachers almost looked down upon them and had lower expectations of them such a shame to hear that you know even um as young as they are in school they're not having that voice and obviously that's something I presume obviously you want to change with the things that you're quite passionate about. But I want to ask, you know, did you see any change or any changes with any of those uh, students or pupils that you worked with uh, throughout the time that you were there? Yeah, definitely. So they'd, um, a lot of students would come kind of three days a week or some five days a week, which is great. And I think the academic sessions were great because obviously it helped them with their academics, their homework, if they're behind with their GCSEs and even their A-levels. Mm -hmm. But I think the mentoring sessions were really powerful. Um, so just to sit down with them and offer them smart targets, smart goals and try to help them kind of achieve, not just focus at school on the academics, but thinking about their home life, their personal life, if they're getting caught up with the wrong friends and how they can try to kind of navigate the difficulties of the situation that some of these kids were in. So I think, yeah, the mentoring sessions were really powerful and you could see the kind of progress and the change in mindset um, over the over the, the course of the year um, when, they, when they were coming to those sessions, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad you touched upon that uh, mentoring thing because... Um, again, this is something that I've been trying to emphasize a lot, especially in the black community. I just feel that, you know, um, we don't tend to have mentors or people that we kind of learn from or even just share or pour out our, our thoughts and ideas. And I think, like you said, it is such a powerful tool, just even just to have the opportunity to 
voice your opinions to talk about maybe some of the struggles that you're facing or if you want to progress maybe in your career or whatever it might be you know um that's something i definitely want to encourage more of like especially the black community to to get involved in because like you said it is definitely such a useful thing i don't know what you your thoughts are on that um just in general um in terms of like mentoring yeah definitely we need to do so much more as a black community um in terms of that so not even just for the students but if you think about our experiences um many of us are the only person or at, at our workplaces maybe mm. for example like I'm, I'm a teacher and i've i a person never worked with a black head teacher or a black deputy teacher so when i go to london and i go to those events i can speak to black head teachers and they can help me but just for our kids obviously in schools we need positive representation so we need people from all these different sectors uh, people that have been successful we need to see success stories because we mm. don't always see those stories do we? we're always seeing negative stories attached to us so i think mentoring is so powerful and us as as black adults and now we're all in our careers we really need to do more to help each other but also to help the youth and show them kind of these positive representations show them these positive stories and help them navigate the difficulties of life so that they can also become a success story yeah absolutely i absolutely love that and um i think definitely you know i feel like that our generation now is at that point where we you know we've had enough we've seen you know our parents struggle but we are also quite um a resilient kind of generation we, you know we're not taking no for answers and things like that so i'm just really hoping you know with everything that's going on and all the change that everybody wants to kind of implement that hopefully in in a few years to come or in you know i don't know 10 20 30 years to come you know we will be looking back and seeing you know actually you know we've managed to drive that change things have happened and i definitely think you know this is no longer a time to just remain quiet it's about or or rather not quiet it's not longer a time to just be talking it's about talking and doing the action as well because yeah clearly we've been speaking for how many years and it's not worked so we need a different strategy in order to actually create that change uh so that's really amazing that you kind of you know touched on that and you you spoke in that and i think it's very important so let's talk a little bit about the education sector then which is i suppose uh your forte where you work in tell us a little bit about um you know diversity in in that respect so i think the first question i'll have for you is more so around your actual job as a teacher what uh, what barriers or if there is any barriers that you faced um you know becoming a teacher or amongst other teachers the diversity in education is is terrible there's not much diversity in education so I think 96% of head teachers or um, senior leadership in schools are uh, white. In a lot of schools, they don't have um, a lot of primary schools. There's no head t- uh, no outside of London, outside of the big city. They don't have any black teachers. And there's a big problem in education with um, black male teachers. So there's more black female teachers. But as we know, um, we need those kind of positive role models for our black boys as well. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, it, it is quite difficult. So coming into education, I, was, I wasn't I was put off. Like, I've always been like motivated and I've always, this is always a job I wanted to do. But I was kind of anxious about being the only person in that space. And if I would get the support and if kind of I would be able to talk openly about racism. Um, so I think that puts off a lot of 
black people applying to be teachers, I think, because they see education as kind of like a, a white space and it's mm. quite, um, they don't feel like they maybe would be listened to or heard and also not just getting a job, but um, black teachers are more likely to drop out in the first five years and that's because of like, there's a retention crisis, but it's hitting black teachers even more. So that's showing that education isn't doing enough to support black mm. teachers and to keep them and reasons for this there's been research in this and it's been people have cited like discrimination barriers to get to the top um casual racism from their colleagues um casual racism from students etc so i think all of those things are, are quite difficult to navigate um as a black teacher especially if you don't have a very strong network so i think for me, obviously, you know, Northampton, growing up in Northampton, it's not kind of like London or Birmingham or I've got teacher friends that teach in London and there's a lot more diversity in London. Whereas when you're in a, a town like Northampton, which isn't the most diverse, it is quite difficult to kind of find your place and to find your voice, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. It's funny you were talking about, obviously, like the statistics of, uh, you know, how many head teachers or people or, or black people that are um teachers outside of london so to say and i remember obviously i also went to school in northampton and every time there was a supply teacher it was always a black per- like 90 percent of the time it was a black person um who was coming in to like you know to do all this the supply teaching and things like that and all the kids you know you'd always see them taking a mick out of you know the teacher and things like that so or like maybe the accent and all that kind yeah. of thing so uh, I can actually completely understand, um, you know, kind of some of the struggles that they face. I mean, what what what's, what are your thoughts on that? Because I know obviously it's such a different space to when you were um, at school and now you're actually a teacher. How how are you feeling? Do you ever face any of that with any of your students? Do, do they do any of that to you? Personally, I've had quite a positive experience. I, I haven't heard any like any racist comments or um, directed to myself. I have to other students. But um, I know a lot of people, a lot of my people in my teaching at works have faced overt racism from their students. Um, so thinking about taking, um, like, making jokes about their names. Um, I've had a, a friend that teaches in Nottingham that's been called a monkey. Mm. Um, I've heard of another teacher, a black teacher, that's been told to um, go back to Africa um, and that they were dirty. Uh, so it, it, it isn't um, uncommon for teachers to face racism from their students. One of the issues that is quite popular is that it isn't always dealt with the best from those higher up, so from senior leadership and the head teacher. Um, it isn't always followed up and dealt with the best. So a lot of these black teachers feel like they're not being supported um, mm. because they do face racism from the from the students. It isn't taken, um, it isn't taken seriously, basically. I've had a friend in London that's left teaching because of her experiences um, and because she didn't feel like the she, senior leadership team were taking the racism she was uh, facing seriously. So mm. that's, that's disappointing. And obviously we need to do as much as possible to increase diversity in teaching but if we're getting black teachers into teaching and they're they're facing this then we're not going to keep them in teaching so it's kind of the never-ending cycle and they're not going to improve so here what i'm kind of getting here is it needs to start from you know the, the parents really you know or their guardians because if these students are coming into schools calling teachers monkeys you know making fun of their names and things like that where have they learned that from surely they must have learned it from somewhere 
or is it because they only predominantly are surrounded by white people people have like white names and um but i still do think you know obviously they they must have learned this from somewhere if it's not their parents it's the media it's something that's influencing them so what 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 do you think schools can do then to maybe educate uh students because it does need to start from you know if if we can even do it from primary school because that way they kind of grow up in in that knowledge and in that environment so what 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 do you think that schools need to do in order to maybe either help the parents or help the students? What, what are your ideas on that? So I think uh, it is true, yeah, as I said, it is, racism is a learned behaviour and that's obviously, when you're socialising to a racist society, it's, as Jane Elliott said, she's a, a famous sociologist in the US, she said, if you're socialising to the American society, you're going to be racist. And that's because of all the racist images we have around us, right? So, mm. from the media, etc. So, even us as black people can internalise kind of anti-blackness and racism. If you look at kind of statistics of the Caribbean and Africa, of skin bleaching, etc. Mm. That just that we're also impacted by these images. So, yeah. I think for schools, it's kind of... I think it's twofold. I think, first of all, what we need to do is I've always said that we need to start with the teachers. Um, and I believe this because I believe that, obviously, teachers also don't have an understanding of race. And most of the teachers that are teaching our kids are white. Okay, mm-hmm. So I think even if you're teaching kids, um, even if we make the curriculum more diverse and we teach about racism, etc., um, the teacher teaching them could have their own racial biases and yeah. we know that, know that they do. So... I feel like before schools talk about how we can educate our students, which is important, that's the second step. We need to first educate the teachers because the teachers are going to have um, racial biases. They're going to have, but they they're not going to have an understanding of white privilege unless they've done their own research. Um, throughout my whole teaching career, there hasn't been any kind of. I've never had a training session on on racism, on the impact of racism. I've had training sessions on the impact of social class. I've had training sessions on the impact of gender, mm. um, but I've never explicitly had any on racism. So a lot of teachers don't feel like they can adequately talk about racism. And I think we need to deal with that before we deal with the students, because a lot of teachers are racist. I've, 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 throughout my own school career, um, I've had comments, racist comments. I know a lot of my other black friends have experienced racism from their teachers. Um, there was a survey by the National Education Union. They found a lot of students um, have faced racism um, from teachers. Mm. So it doesn't, it's not necessarily always overt. I've had a teacher tell me like that I, I'm from Africa and that I need to go back, but it's not <laughs> always like that. Mm. Um, it could be either putting a black student, black students are more likely to be put in the lower set. So even when they're on the same level as their work counterparts, they're more likely to be placed in the lower band. So that's, 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 that's um, kind of covert racism. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just about having the lower expectations of black students. Um, so all of those things play into it. So I think we need to deal with the teachers first, um, and we need to be offering training. Teachers need to have a, a true understanding of what white privilege is, or how is white privilege um, impacting their students, how does racism impact their black students, etc. And then after we've, we've done decent training for the teachers, um, then of course we need to implement anti-racism throughout the whole of our schooling as you said even from the lower years so racism is often in teaching it's often kind of it's like a colorblind um atmosphere and that in, in that by I me mean by um 
a lot of teachers say, oh, I don't, I don't see race. I treat all students the same. And obviously, we know that's that's more harmful than it is than it is helpful, right? Yeah. So if you don't see race, you're not seeing the the, the, the difficulties. You're not seeing the, the trauma that your students might the graduates might be going through. So I feel, first of all, teaching needs to like acknowledge race and say okay race is this is this is true this is an issue and we need to do something about it because often it's not talked about because it's seen as old we can't talk about race everyone's the same and that's not the truth that's not the truth we're not all the same we don't get treated the same so we need to deal with it adequately so i think yeah there's such a lack of awareness amongst teachers on race it would be hard for them to truly talk to it talk about race to their students because they don't have a good understanding themselves so i think once we train teachers then of course we need to think about um, students and how we can make schools anti-racist and not just kind of doing an activity on Black History Month or cooking jello fries in the canteen <laughs> Black History Month as a lot of schools do activities like this um, but it's about seriously implementing anti-racism throughout the whole school so it's thinking about exclusion mates so we know black boys are more likely to be excluded than any other race so what are you doing to support black boys are they getting excluded more in your school are they getting supported and are the black are the black students um continuously put into lower sets even though they're out on the same level as their white counterparts um mm. what kind of policies do you have what what is your anti-racism policy are you what kind of uh, consequences do you have for students if they show racist behaviour towards other students or towards other peers. What's your curriculum like? Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about the curriculum and that is important. Like, do you teach about the British Empire? Do you teach about Windrush? Do you teach about what it means to, like, all, all the positive um, black influences in the UK? Or do you just teach maybe a lesson about Rosa Parks or Martin Luther King? So a lot of a lot of the conversations around this have been, oh, it's not a problem in the UK. And that is down to our education system. So most people, if you talk to most people, they've probably been taught about Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King, right? And they think that um, they think that racism is a is a US problem, but it's not a US problem. We know that. I know that. You know that. Everyone that's black in the UK knows that, right? So I feel like schools need to focus on the UK and talk about the racism in the UK and try to make it not a US problem, but actually talking openly about the racism in the UK. Um, that'll be a start and then the curriculum needs to totally be decolonized there's yeah there's no talk about the british empire um in the in the national curriculum so, like so students need to know about these things and know how they've impacted them and not just black students obviously we need to know that but it's good for white students as well because as you said if they're coming from a home where they're not learning this where else they're gonna learn it mm. media is not showing them that is it no. we know that um, if they're getting negative inferences at home, school is the only way that we can combat this and make sure that they don't leave school with these kind of negative images of different people, of different races. But we know and we learn about the diversity, we know about the issues in the UK, we know about the UK's history of racism and how it's still embedded today, we know about institutional racism, etc. So, yeah, I think we need to deal with the, the students, but we also need to deal with the teachers and I think the teacher bit often gets missed and they think it's just the students but for example I've seen um, I've heard teachers teaching kind of uh, about racism and they've taught that kind of Nelson Mandela uh, was a terrorist or they've mm. taught that um, or they've looked at the positive aspects of the empire right so yeah. what, like if, if that teacher obviously has some racial biases there because they're teaching that content very wrong and from a very different lens aren't they so mm -hmm. unless you're 
you can give a great lesson to a teacher, but they can still twist that and put their own racial spin on it. Um, so, yeah, it all starts with the teacher, really, um, and they're the ones that are going to be teaching the content. So if, if their head's not right, if, if they don't have an understanding of race, how are they meant to teach others to have an understanding of race? It's going to be a very biased view, and that yeah. can make it even, even worse, really, can't it? Yeah, it's almost like it doesn't make sense. How can you teach on something that um, you don't really know about? Yeah, um, no understanding on yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, no, I completely understand. And you know, I always say this: there's just so much to do in terms of you know um, this whole racist thing, uh, because you've got the education, you've got workplace, you've got business, you've got all sorts of places, the media, and it's it's about you know everybody taking responsibility in their industries because one person cannot change the entire world. You know, I might be able to voice my, you know, opinions and, you know, drive change in the workplace, you know, in corporate workplace, but then we've still got all these other places, you know, the education. So people start from, you know, education into the workplace, but how are they, you know, being transitioned or how are they being taught? What, what, are, what are the things that they know about, you know, race and what, how they I suppose that will shape their future because obviously what we learn from school is what's going to you know shape us in the future so there's just so much that 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 needs to happen and everybody just needs to take accountability for their industry because for example I can't speak on education because that's not my industry um you know but you can you you you're knowledgeable you've done the research and you're in it you're living in it so i can't yes. come and then start talking about education and then people look at me like okay what what leg do you also have to stand on kind of thing so i i really like you know everything that you are currently doing and everything like that so in terms of the students that you teach because you teach quite a vast majority of um classes or subjects rather um, have any of your students ever kind of approached you saying, you know, they've either experienced um, racial discrimination or have they gravitated to you a little bit more because you are, you know, a black teacher? Yeah, so um, my school um, percentage-wise is a majority white British students. Mm. Um, so I, I don't teach a lot of black students. Um, okay. But, uh, especially last year, um, I had some six formers that were um, that, uh, they were black students, and uh, they particularly opened up to me, and we had a lot of kind of honest conversations about race and um, more kind of sort of microaggressions that they're facing daily. And obviously, because they were in six form, and there wasn't a lot of black students in six form, and they would talk to me about their experiences. And um, I think yeah, it's important also to talk about microaggressions because obviously some people might think that some microaggressions are even positive, right? And they, they say these things to you and they think it's like a compliment, like, oh, you're really attractive for a black girl, or, oh, you're really smart for a black girl, mm. So, yeah, so they, yeah, we used to talk a lot about that and the experiences that they had in school and outside of school of, of racism. And I think that is why it is important to have black teachers because they didn't feel comfortable talking to anyone else about those things. Um, yeah. But they were comfortable talking to me and I, I shared my own experiences of racism at school as well and some of them was, um, and racism in the wider society and I had a lot of similar experiences um, to them. So I think it is really important that we're offering students someone to go to talk to because they might not feel comfortable dealing with some, some stuff. Like, 
obviously as a teacher I can be there for my students but it's it's hard if you haven't experienced it or if you don't have a good understanding of it to really see how it's impacting that student so yeah. yeah that's why like it is important as black teachers that we are there for our students if they want us uh, want to talk to us about racism um because we can offer, offer some advice and a lot of us have faced similar experiences as well so it's, it's good that they can um kind of try to relate to us just a question then as well another question is um i'm just thinking about you know obviously um the students you teach are all under uh 18 is there any kind of i don't even know how to really word this is there any kind of restrictions or rules around that because obviously because they are under the age of 18 is there certain things that you can and cannot talk to them about? Is there certain ways that you can approach? How How is that kind of dealt with? Because I, I, I'm presuming that can also play a part in all of this. There's not any restrictions, um, so to say, really. Um, I've never, obviously, with anything we teach in school, teachers are meant to um, obviously not be biased. Teachers are not meant to discriminate against anybody. Um, and we're meant to be open to different perspectives, etc. So any any topic we teach is comes off that lens but no so for example i teach sociology which obviously um talks about race there's a whole topic on race so we in sociology we talk about racism in sociology we study institutional racism we do racism in the criminal justice system in education we actually talk about racism in education so mm. obviously because of my subject content like that's probably the best subject for me to teach um to talk about it because it's literally in a textbook and my students um my students really love that topic and a lot of them obviously have come from white backgrounds and they don't always have um experience of different races so when we do study it they their eye that they their eyes are open like i've had a lot of students contact me in the last couple of weeks and say oh thank you so much miss like i've really really learned a lot in our lessons and now those students are now telling their friends about racism and they've said that they didn't really know a lot about racism until kind of the lessons in sociology so they're really grateful for that so yes i think the subject i teach is is quite good because it allows me to talk openly about race because it's in the subject matter yeah um but that's obviously that's a sixth form subject so with the lower years we've done like we do stuff in school with black history um, we cover kind of discrimination in in religious studies also we do discrimination and um i'm a tutor as well so you can do different activities throughout tutor time so that's also a good opportunity um, so for example, we talk about the news in Twitter time and we can talk about news stories. So that's a good opportunity to um, talk openly um, about some of the issues that people are facing. Yeah. So I think some people, as I said, teachers, some teachers don't feel comfortable talking about it and they don't want to say the wrong things. They don't talk about it because they feel like, is that is that okay to talk about? Is it okay to talk about someone of a different race or are we meant to see everyone as equal? So I think a lot of teachers do fear that, um, especially a lot of white teachers, they don't know how to talk about it and they feel like it's almost wrong to talk about it because you shouldn't be like kind of, um, not excluding someone, but you shouldn't be talking about different races because in education we're always told that everyone's equal. So I think that's one of the main issues is teachers don't actually feel comfortable to um, talk about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay interesting so i mean i suppose there is some kind of scope to kind of talk and educate at least in some kind of way even if yeah. they are in like lower years or whatever even if it's not in the curriculum you can still you see you have tutor time every day so you can talk about a news article in tutor time or you can run a diversity club etc so there's definitely scope um teachers just need to do more yeah mm-hmm. they need to do a lot more
Yeah. Okay. Interesting. It's, it's been really insightful kind of hearing this. Um, I suppose I want to ask, how, how does it feel being on the flip side? So obviously when you were at school and now you being a teacher, what are kind of, kind of some of the uh, differences that you see or are they mostly similarities in terms of just the education system in itself and also, um, I suppose, being a, a, a you know a black person on both sides, so you having been a student and also now being a teacher? I think my school was quite different because um, my my secondary school was quite diverse. Um, we had a lot of black students, we mm. had a lot of um, ethnic minority students. Um, whereas the school, so I had a lot of kind of cultural experiences, and I learned a lot from other black students. Even my teachers, like I had Jamaican teachers, um, I had African teachers that I learned a lot from in terms of kind of like black culture and black history. Right. Um, so I think my my experience was was quite good. I did face discrimination from some teachers and, and even from a student. I, I got into an altercation with a student because she called me the N-word. Um, mm. Yeah, so, yeah, that wasn't, it wasn't perfect, but I had a lot more diversity. Whereas the school I'm in at the moment is a, it's a great school, but it's, it's mainly white British, so there isn't that kind of diversity from the students. Um, so I think even in a school like that, it's more important to teach about these things because they're not getting them from their peers. Like, I learned a lot from obviously I'm Caribbean I learned a lot from my African friends whereas someone at my school wouldn't necessarily have that experience to learn from their peers so it's really important that the teachers teach that throughout their lessons etc um so yeah I think a lot has changed in education um but there's still so much work to do and we yeah so we do talk more openly I think about kind of issues of diversity um as i said there's a lot of focus in schools on gender and working and class so there's always a talk about kind of social class and how the lower like working class people for example aren't achieving as much as higher class people or there's a talk about gender so like why are boys um behind girls in achievement etc so i think education has gone along like focuses on, on those inequalities but it doesn't focus on race inequality and um as Daniel said in his live last week, race inequality is one of the biggest indicators for um, student success. So it's not gender, it's not work, it's not your social class, it's actually your race that has um, one of the biggest impacts on your social, um, on your success at school. So if anything, the schools should look at this and think, yeah, well, this is really important and this is obviously impacting our students. So how can we, how can we deal with that? Um, so yeah, I think, I think it has changed, but not enough and we still need to do so much more yeah so do you think the education system is set up in essentially to make black people i suppose less educated is that the right word or achieve more than their white counterparts do you think that's how it's kind of set up the education system is institutionally racist yes um so even if you think about a certain school could do great work on race etc and educate their kids etc but if you look at the system overall from the top it is if you look at the studies and the research into it it does disadvantage black students um mm. so there's so many different ways so for example prediction so black students are much more likely to be under predicted by their teachers so a lot of the studies show that when the teacher predicts a grade it's always lower for black students but when it's done externally so for example if i sit a real exam and i get it sent off and marked Obviously, the marker, the assessor doesn't know um, my race. So black students always do higher on external exams where mm. their race is unknown. 
whereas internal exams they're always um below so that obviously shows that there's teacher bias there because yeah. it's not that they're less smarter but it's that the teacher is um putting them down as, as less smart so that's the same in sats there's been studies to do in sats in primary school there's been studies on gcse's and studies in a level so that's an example of kind of how the system is institutionally racist because um it's obviously putting those productions down when they are achieving um but the teachers are predicting them to be lower the same thing I said earlier about setting students so black students are more likely to be placed in the wrong set um, they're more likely to be placed below their white counterparts even though they're on the same level um, and that obviously has an impact on your education so mm. when you're in the lower set for example you can't achieve the higher um, mm. marks of bodies if you're in the foundation set obviously you're capped at a C and so that has a long-term impact on education also predictions earlier, as I was talking about predictions, predictions has a long-term impact because your teachers predict your grades for UCAS and for university. So if they're predicting you a C, you're not going to get offers from somewhere that wants an A. So that has a long-term impact on your education. Exclusions also. So black students are three times more likely to be excluded from school, um, especially black boys. It hits black boys a lot. So they're not are they more naughty than white with white students are they are they more misbehaved no the studies so show that they're not but they're much more likely to get called up called upon um for their behavior um and they're much more, much more likely to get kind of um more likely to face exclusions than their white counterparts that have similar behavior so that's obviously a, a big problem because if you're excluded you've got something called the schools to prisons pipeline so if you're excluded 61% of excluded children uh, will go to prison. So that's a massive wow. issue. Um, if you're excluding children, then what are we doing to support these children? Um, and uh, are we fast-tracking them to prison, basically? So we know black boys are more likely to face this um, higher exclusion rate. So that is a massive issue, really, in education. There's been those studies about expectations and how teachers have lower expectations of black students and they kind of discourage them from um, certain careers and advice etc mm. and they discourage them from having kind of more professional careers um, and that obviously has a long-term impact if you're maybe achieving to be a doctor and you're being told oh no you should maybe uh, go for this kind of this 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 career because you're not good enough for that mm. that's going to impact that student and how they see themselves because something called self-fulfilling prophecy so if you're yeah. constantly being told that you're, you're rubbish or you're, you're dumb and you're not going to achieve then you might start to internalize these these um these thoughts and that's going to impact your self-esteem etc et isn't it also assessment for example there was a study that looked at the type of assessment that they did in primary schools. So there used to be something called the um, baseline assessment in primary schools. And this was an assessment that was done to measure students before they came into primary school. So under, under this baseline assessment, black students did, did quite well on this assessment. They were actually above um, their white counterparts in some areas. And this assessment was a written assessment. So it was a written assessment. It had nothing to do with the teacher bias, basically. Mm. Um, so. Then they changed that assessment and they changed it to something called foundation stage profile. And that assessment, instead of being a written test, it had more teacher um, prediction in. So the teacher, instead of just writing a test and getting that marks, now the teacher had more of a say. So overnight it showed that what black students went from kind of being at the top to being at the bottom. So that shows you that it's not intelligence, it's not that they're less um that they've got less intelligence but it's when the teacher gets involved and when the teacher can predict them they're more the teacher's more likely to predict them lower 
Whereas if we just do written tests, we see blacks doing really well, black students doing well. But when the teacher predicts them, we see black students doing low. So that shows you that there's obviously a disconnect there because how can we do good when it's just on a written test and then how can we do so badly when the teacher gets involved and makes their predictions mm. obviously it shows you that teachers are continuously under predicting black students compared to what they actually achieve yeah yeah that is very interesting some really interesting points that you've made and you know th- statistics that you've also shared there and i think like you said it is definitely needs to start with the teachers before I used to think, um, you know, it needs to start with the parents and things like that, which, of course, they also need to teach their children, uh, things like that. But predominantly, they spend a lot of time at school anyway. So um, they definitely need to start, you know, with, with the teachers to um, influence them and teach them the right ways. Uh, but it's been very insightful, um, Rochelle, having you on today. And I think I have definitely tried to draw quite a lot of different things and um, that hopefully I can also maybe help in terms of you know the education sector because it is a very important it's probably like one of the biggest to be honest because everybody has to go through school everyone has to go through that process so definitely having um, trying to see how change can be made there it is very important getting more black teachers educating the students and all this great stuff that you also mentioned is is there anything being done at the moment either in the education industry or in your school and particularly to tackle you know these issues at the moment especially you know with all the noise going on with the black lives matter Yes, I think a lot of people are trying to do a lot at the moment, which is great. I'm currently working with some organisations and we're um, creating training for teachers. So we're looking at training to do with race and how teachers can better um, approach race in their classrooms. There's been a lot of talk about the curriculum. So I know, for example, there's an agency called the Black Curriculum Mm -hmm. and they're trying to make the curriculum more diverse and include more black content, more black history on the curriculum, which is really good. A lot of schools do great things. So a lot of schools have talked about the Black Lives Matter movement and um, have acknowledged it and they're trying to do better. Um, So I think a lot of schools not necessarily were ignoring it before, but they weren't giving it the attention that it needed and they were trying to just... Some people think that if you don't talk about racism, it will just disappear, but Mm -hmm. we need to talk about it. Um, So, yeah, I think a lot of schools now are kind of trying to think about how they can make their schools more anti-racist. And, yeah, a lot of schools are doing great work, really. But as you said, it takes... It's such a big job and it takes a lot of action. So Mm -hmm. I'm just worried that, of course, everyone's saying they're going to do stuff at the moment because it's popular and everyone's talking about it but I'm just worried that it's just going to become a hype and there won't be any meaningful action that is actually going to be done and people are just saying oh yeah we support Black Lives Matter but what are they actually going to do about it because it's going to take kind of a long-term change and long-term commitment to be able to do this properly basically. Yeah absolutely and I think that that, that's definitely one thing I've been emphasizing on you know yes we need to do the action but we can't also remain silent we need to con- continuously talk about it even us as black people because i think sometimes as well i don't know if you've ever kind of faced this is that we will protest we will talk about it we will you know shout all about it and then when it comes to you know um okay you be the advocate oh we don't i don't want to be the advocate i don't want to be that, yeah. you know that kind of thing so and i'm i'm saying no actually you do need to be that person because if you're not going to be then who is you know the yeah. more of us there is the better the, we are stronger together essentially you know 
Yeah, we all need to stand up. We all need to do better. Um, as you said, like we're all in our different fields. So I can talk in education. You can talk in your um, corporate world. So we all need to work together and try to make these industries better mm-hmm. because there's so much work to do. So we, we all need to do it, basically. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Well, brilliant. Thank you so much, Rochelle, for um, coming on to our podcast today. It's been really uh, insightful, like I said. I think we'll probably do a little bit of a follow-up in a, maybe in a few months' time to see how things are going. I'm particularly interested to see, obviously, when school opens up again in September and to see if there's any changes or what the some of the things that you are looking to implement. So thank you very much uh, for coming on to the show today. No problem. Thank you for having me.